Hello, and welcome to Attack of the Querwolf. I'm Michael. I'm Mark. I'm May. Rebecca Part 2. <laughs> <laughs> the return of the Bex. Dear God. Oh, Becky's revenge. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, gang, you know what we're up to. And welcome. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful introduction. This week we are coming at you from the panic room inside Leah Remini's home that she bought in someone else's name. Oh, my God. <laughs> Leah Remini. In JLo's name, probably, because that's her bestie. I, I They're really okay. tight. I'm going to see Second Act, and I'm going to be proud of it, and I'm going to see it in a movie theater, and I'm going to pay money to see it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Milo <laughs> Ventimiglia. <laughs> He's in it, too. Oh, oh, boy. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy, Happy New Year, Year to everyone. everybody. Yeah. By the way, uh, everyone, I mean, we're still recording this at the end of 2018, so we're just going to go out on a limb here and say that we survived <laughs> right. the rest of the year Y2K and that we made it into, we we crawled ragged and bleeding into 2019, <laughs> ready for more, more, more of what this, yeah, more of, I don't know, <laughs> fill in the blank. Oh, God. <laughs> Nay, you look like you're like biting your tongue. Why? I'm not. I actually, I'm not biting anything. Yeah, you actually okay. look like you're just smiling really nicely. I was. Yeah. Nay's full of serenity right now, and I love it. <laughs> your tongue's Who, Who's she? Okay. I, I, I love serenity. I love serenity, Nay. I mean, I love all Nays. Yeah. But I especially love serenity. Serenity, Nay. All right. She just nodded sagely. <laughs> Listener, I did. Like, that's, that's true. That's where she <laughs> smelled sage, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, spill it. What you watching? What you reading? What you doing? Jesus Christ! Who Remember doing? when we used to like prepare these podcasts? We were like, and now it's time for us to and like literally now. Hey. Michael's like Joan Crawford, going like, listen, we're warm with our audience, right? All right, yeah, we, are. we have our regular listeners. They know what's up. All right, so tea time. Yeah, Nay. and I also wanted to be Joan Crawford. You also did want to be Trump Crawford forever. What have you been uh, I finally joined the rest of the world and started Haunting of Hill House. Oh. And, you know, I had, as many of you might know this about me at this point, I have attention span issues and I try to start things all the time. And I notice an hour later that I'm still staring at my phone and that I have no <laughs> idea what has happened. Mm. Um, so I tried to start a few times, especially after everyone talked so highly of it. Um, I mean, shit, after Michael talked about it, a couple episodes ago and made me cry while we were <laughs> taping. Um, I was like, I definitely have to try again. And I, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Very good. It's uh can't binge it. No, I didn't believe it, you when you said that. You're like, it's not a binge thing, and I'm like, I can binge anything. Yeah, and I, <laughs> you're like, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. Uh, yeah, queen binger, and I, I yeah, you I need to let it. You need to like chew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't just swallow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still think about it. I hope they put that on the poster. Oh my god, that's like the season two poster. <laughs> Don't chew us. You have heard. You can't swallow it. <laughs> I uh, I'll take a I listen to the playback talking about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it uh, it still really affects me. Like, I actually could cry right now. I'm mm-hmm. like holding it back. Um, mm-hmm. Go on, Nate. <laughs> yeah. that's. I mean, that's all I. Ha- I mean, to, so I, that I don't spoil anything. Like, I don't have anything else really to say about it. But that I started it. I really like it, and that I can't binge it because it's so potent. It. It's a really good word. It's like. It. 
For me, when I get home and I like put, if I'm going to like, if I want some background noise and I put on the office per usual, (laughs) because I can like kind of hear that and it makes me feel safe and like cozy. Absolutely. Sure. Um, But Haunting of Hill House, I feel like because. I haven't felt very well the past couple weeks and I'd be like, I can't watch that shit. <laughs> like, it, it makes my whole room feel so cold. Like I, yeah, it's, is potent. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I get some people that didn't really care for it. I mean, everybody's different, right? But I just really love it because it, I really connected with it. So it's a really important yeah. show for me. I think it was my favorite anything this year, movie or TV show. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad you're watching. How far have you gotten? I think I'm like episode six. Oh, so there's like what ten? There's or nine, ten. Or nine or ten, and ten then so. six is like mm-hmm. mm. kind of cool. chew it. Oh yeah, chew it, chew it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nom 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 nom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how about you, Mark? Um, I saw Cam. Oh, yes. God, I need to see it still. Uh, really liked it. Usually not. Usually not crazy about Netflix original movies. Uh, mm-hmm. found this one to be a total standout. Um, I forget the lead's name. She's fantastic. Was it an acquisition too? I believe so. It was a yeah. Blumhouse. Uh-oh. This is like, is this, is yeah. this, is this bad? We're plugging a Blumhouse <laughs> movie. No. Uh, but it's, uh, no, she is terrific. She's fearless. I love the honesty. Of the, it seemed like a very honest and really bracing portrayal of that world. I loved the idea that it wasn't shaming sex work, but at the same mm-hmm. time it was acknowledging the idea that, constantly uh, giving away images of yourself does translate to giving something of yourself away. Literally. Um, I'm not sure I quite understood the overall, um, the, the the resolution of the story. And I, or if it's, I I couldn't tell if it's, if it didn't stick the landing or if it was just me, but Mm. um, overall the experience, I just, I was thoroughly into it and um, I just love that lead. Uh, she's just great. And then I saw Widows, which I absolutely loved. Saw that too. Loved, 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 loved. Um, and everyone slept on it. And um, Yeah, why? I don't know, but everyone's stupid. <laughs> I went and saw it and actually ended up sitting next to Josh. Oh, yeah, that's right. When I saw it. And uh, he and I, after the movie, we were with a group of people. And I think most of the most, the consensus from the group of people was, eh. And Josh and I were just like. They're nuts. What happened? Like we, Josh and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I want to meet Josh. Right, well, you will. Okay. All right, we'll do it. And um, <laughs> all right, fine. <laughs> and just pull him out from under the table. <laughs> He's like, hello. Um, and then, uh, last but not least, I was feeling really blue, and I was a big fan of the first film, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go by myself." I have a big old bag of popcorn and watch this. It was Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, I love Wreck-It Ralph so much. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And I got to say, I was really into the sequel too. It was pure candy. I love that. I, I adored John C. Riley. I love Sarah Silverman in it. I love, um, uh, Taraji Henson has a hilarious part in it. Oh, she's in it. Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. They, they managed to take something that could be incredibly crassly commercial and actually um, push against uh, the commercial aspects of it to actually say something about friendship, about what it means to spend time on the internet and what you can receive from it and what you can uh, lose as a result of it. And there is one sequence that is low-key the price of admission where Sarah Silverman's character, who's this sort of bratty 
Uh, Fav, did you see? Did it, any of you guys see the the original movie? Yeah, yeah and I, yeah. I actually saw Ralph Breaks the Internet too. Oh, okay, yeah. And it, she is uh, she's this Brennan, pr- everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Brennan. Hi. Uh, <laughs> you know what this show is? I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, and she's she's like this uh, this bratty kid who is a part of like a racing game, you know, like a Candy Lane racing mm-hmm. game or whatever. And um, for a long a lot of reasons that don't make any sense. You know, but who cares? Uh, she's sucked into like a holding tank for all the Disney princesses, and she basically oh, yeah. just has a scene where she's talking to them, and she's just like, "Oh my god, you poor women! What have you?" Yeah. <laughs> and she kind of like teaches them that dressing in corsets is like really restrictive, and they think and actually wear sweats, and they all start wearing sweats, and they're yes. like, "Oh my god, comfort is new." <laughs> like they love comfort. Anyway, it's I'm I'm doing a poor job of describing no. uh, why the movie's so charming, but I was thoroughly charmed by it in ways that I did not expect to be. So You've never done a poor job at describing anything. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, and, me. Yeah. Can I say something? Yes. I guess. I love... <laughs> <laughs> you may speak. <laughs> I just... Mark, no. I love the range and the depth of your love for things. Like, <laughs> you contain more. That's a really good point. Like, I'm glad you spoke. You come here and you talk about, like, it's like, oh, I watched this uh, Japanese right. art film made in Poland or whatever. And it's about a divorce. It's made upside down about in divorces. They're all um, about divorce. Yeah, but then you're here That's with Rob Breaks the Internet. And I just love people who can take things that are perceived as high culture and low culture and love them. Yeah, there's no snobbery. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's a really special thing. Yeah, Thank I, you. I try, I am snobby about some things, but I, was gonna yeah, say, yeah, I just like, don't talk I, about them. I definitely yeah. feel all snob coming from Mark. Really? Oh yeah. Oh wow. That's okay. just what happens when people are really smart. Yeah. Like how he was like, talking about talking passionately. Ralph breaks in it with his pinky out. Yeah. No, did you see it? It was, it was, it was firmly out. Yeah. Also I'm yeah. wearing a monocle. <laughs> <laughs> and holding absent, um, switching it around lazily <laughs> in a snifter, <laughs> petting a cat. But I do, I appreciate your thoughts at tea time because, like for instance, forever we watched because yeah. of you. We watched custody, which oh. that fucking movie. Ooh, is it great? Have you seen it? Mm-mm. Nah. I still haven't watched forever. You will love it. It's Brennan, have forever. you seen Custody? No. You will love it. It is so fucking good. Was it made last year? Is that I why it's not on any like so. awards yeah, radar? I, I believe Because I'm like, so. why is it not on like... I, I have no idea why I it's I saw not. it on John yeah. Waters' top 10 movies of yeah, the years that's li- right. list. And I saw it on, I think, the New York Times. They had two people today. Mm-hmm. And I think one... One had custody on it or on like their honorable mention list and stuff. Um, So anything else watching Brennan watching anything? Oh, I know people have been waiting on tenderhooks to hear about the end of my children of the corn marathon. Oh, Oh, you made it through. I did. I survived. Um, Let me pull up my notes really quick. Um, I'm going to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) It's so brief. I I honestly have so little to say about the last one. Wait, okay, okay, okay. So what is the last one called? Well, I think Like the most recent one? Yeah, final. Children of the Corn Runaway. That's the one that came out this year. Um. Yeah, Can you I, just give us the subtitles? Those are my favorite parts. I know the subtitles right. are okay. totally. Well, I'll just run through them really quick. Um, part seven. Well, you didn't. What's was, part six? Part six was 666 Isaac's Return. Okay. Uh, of course. Um, Obviously. 
Part seven is Children of the Corn Revelation. It takes place entirely in an imp- in an apartment building in Omaha. These are all so Dimension <laughs> films. That's a keep lot. the right sequels. Uh-huh. How how do they get the corn in the apartment building? Oh, they grow it in the like the patio area. <laughs> oh, as one does. You're yeah. fucking okay. kidding. Sure. I'm not at all. Wow. Um, <laughs> so it's like a co-op. Basically. Okay. But, I mean, everyone's getting murdered. And there's a guy like, who's... Like, people have to go on that patio to get killed? <laughs> like, no, they mostly <laughs> fall from above into the corn. <laughs> the um, corn, so the corn, the corn patio. No, I really... I don't don't in any way take this to mean the movie is good, because it's, it's unwatchable. <laughs> but um, Michael Ironside is there for a, oh. about 20.3 seconds. Okay. He shows up and gives some exposition that he has no reason to know about. And then uh-huh. he just vanishes. And you're like, oh, you're not even going to help her? Oh, so dumb. <laughs> you can see him cashing, just picking up a check. Oh, you're yeah. Just, you just hear a ka-ching in the yes. back. Oh, and there's, there's a character <laughs> in the apartment complex who his entire character is, he's in a wheelchair and he shouts cuss words at everyone. And that's awesome. just his whole thing. And I was like, I kind of, the dream. Fully Um, fully dimensional. um, Children of the Corn 09, the sci-fi remake. It's a lot of... Is that in... That's just a straight-up remake. It's not a TV movie of anything. Yeah, TV movie. And it is a straight-up remake. It's set in the 70s, which I don't get why a remake has to be set in the original time. Not for me. Um, I like when Texas Chainsaw did that. Yeah, but not all of them are as good as right. the Texas Chainsaw right. remake. Um, this one is mostly just uh, Vicky and Bert just screaming at each other for like <laughs> forty-five minutes. Or, oh, that's know. right. They're the, the remake. Okay. Peter yeah, Burton the and Linda Hamilton. Yeah, um, but not because they're on sci-fi. <laughs> and Malachi is played by like this strapping twenty-eight-year-old ginger dude. And I don't know if that's the best casting or the worst casting, but I was into it. Go on. Um, <laughs> He's actually, we should get him on the show. He's gay. His name is Daniel Newman, and he's on The Walking Dead, too. Okay. I'm cool. Um, and yeah, also, I suddenly I'm interested in yeah. this Children of the Corn. <laughs> no, my favorite thing about that one is the end credits theme. Uh-huh. It has all the Children of the Corn, like, choir thing that, you know, you are you know and love. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, oh. Yep. Hell yeah. Actually, you know what? I have. I have. Hold on. Um up Daniel right now. No, but it's literally oh, it's a dubstep <laughs> remix Stop of it. the Children of the Corn theme. Stop. Um, I have to hold on. I'm pulling it up right now. Um, but let me go through really quick. Children of the Corn Genesis completely incomprehensible, um, but I kind of liked. Um, and Children of the Corn Runaway weirdly reminiscent of Terminator Two in the sense that it's about someone surviving the cult and wandering around with their son, just like trying to survive, like in the okay. Midwest. Um, but otherwise. Not really worth your time. Um, How many are there? Ten. Forty. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? Sorry, this is that Children of the Corn theme. Oh, get to the- girl. Oh. Sorry, Nay and I are looking up Daniel oh. Holman right now. Can't you see Christian Grey and Anastasia Steele yeah, just ramming each other with this song? <laughs> get him on. God, this bass yeah. line, I'm yeah. into it. What if we do the rest of the pod with this underscore? Oh my god. I like feel like slowly taking my clothes off. <laughs> god, we could, like a horror burlesque, we could do it. People would come. Uh, oh. Wow. Well, that's going to be quite a benefit performance, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, that's, that's the most important thing about the Children of the Corn franchise as a whole, was that song. Thank you, Brennan. You're welcome. Oh my god. For all your Children of the Corn related news and insights. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm still looking up Daniel Newman. Look oh yeah, he's a. Uh, I know we're actually recording something <laughs> right now. Yeah, what are we? Out. What are we here for today? Yes, we are here for <laughs> listener. So we did a yes. uh, fundraiser uh, in 2018 in the month of October for Halloween, raising funds for the Trevor Project, and people who donated five dollars 
Every five dollars people donated, they got to offer a suggestion of a movie we could do, and we picked four out of a hat. And this is our first. Yes. Um, this one, thank you very much to our listener, Robert Wagner, who yes. donated. Um, I actually have a little clip from him. Yeah, I was actually going to introduce that clip first before okay, cool. the trailer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is him talking about why he chose for us to talk about this movie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Hi, my name is Robert Wagner, and I chose Interview with the Vampire. I chose this movie for two reasons. I believe it's a landmark film in the horror genre, and it made a big and lasting impression on me. So thank you, Anna Rice, and thank you, Neil Jordan. The first time I watched it, I was definitely too young, but it was the first vampire film I saw that showed them in a different dimension. Up until that point, the only interpretations I had been exposed to were the really scary ones, uh, Bela Lugosi, Christopher Lee, and they were successfully scary, but in Interview with the Vampire, while I also think the movie is scary, we follow the vampires as opposed to the humans, and we learn everything there is to know about being a vampire. I think this was a first not only for me, but maybe for vampire movies in general. The acting, the dialogue, the art direction, and every other element coalesce to make it something truly unique, which is why I think it's perfect for this podcast. The hosts of this podcast have wit, humor, and intelligence, and I very much look forward to hearing you all discuss this film. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Good. Robert. Well, actually, now that Robert actually did the podcast yeah, for us. Yeah, should we just end it? No, we can just get that <laughs> every short. You know. <laughs> this is a webisode. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for listening, and yeah. thanks for uh, choosing this uh, very polarizing uh, polarizing <laughs> film. Uh, you know, it'll be an interesting discussion. Yeah, it was a very... Um, Robert sounds smart. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. You know, and I look, very I like thoughtful these, statement. Very. Yeah. Extremely. And certainly understand the, the reasons, you know, mm-hmm. would be drawn to the film. I, yeah. I understand the, the sort of the vague nostalgia vibes. Yeah. From seeing it at a certain age. Yeah. It Definitely. sounds like a, a, what did we call it? A legacy film or, or development film? What did we call it for ourselves? Like movies that help shape us. That's what it sounds oh, like yeah. for Robert. Oh. Very much so. Gotcha. Um, well, should we listen to the yeah, trailer? Yeah, let's pop into the trailer into the now. Trailer. Yeah, and yeah, again, I, I really tried to La cut down on the trailer, but we'll, we'll see how this goes. So, yeah, you know, interrupt whenever you want. Oh, you say we get started. I say you want me to tell you the story of my life? No. I'll tell you my story. I'll tell this you the story. I'm close to but not human. Could you pick up I haven't been human for 200 years. I've come to answer your prayers. Life has no meaning anymore, does it? All the vampires <laughs> always sound really tired. Yeah. <laughs> they gotta be. They old as hell. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> I'll eat a lot of turkey. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never imagine. I can see you lying on a bit of satin. He chose one man. Mm-hmm. He gave him infinite power. Mm-hmm. Is that what they're calling? Eternal. <laughs> <laughs> and a daughter. Who would be forever young? Interview with the vampire. God, even the trailer guy sounds bored. <laughs> wow. Okay, all right, Robert. No, I'm just saying the trailer is not. It has no energy. Oh man. Okay, Robert. So we, <laughs> Robert, we're gonna we're definitely going to make sure to address the things that we appreciate about Absolutely. the movie. Absolutely. I actually know Robert. 
Oh, you do? a friend of mine that donated. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah. You, okay. You can say whatever. You're not going to offend him. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. He's a very cool, chill person. I didn't know if that was appropriate of me to say, but I think a lot of people that donated were people that we knew. So chances are someone we knew was going to get a movie picked. Yeah, that's true. And especially because yeah. it was our first year in the first couple months of the podcast. Yeah. I mean, it was so. a lot of, a lot of people I knew. It a was lot a of my big friends ask. were the donators. So, yeah. Oh, um, so yeah, I know Robert and, he, he, we can say whatever. He doesn't care. Okay. Yeah. Also, Shall just we, as a buffer, I like this movie a lot. So, yeah, all right. There you go. Yeah. Shall we uh, transition into Shady Yeah, so uh, lay it on me. <laughs> no, you first. Give it to me, Joan Crawford. Um, <laughs> my Shady Summary is basically anytime a white man has ever been like, back when I was a slave owner, oh. I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Do you want to hear mine? Yes. <laughs> okay. My Shady Summary was... Watch Brad Pitt be a super sexy vampire who feels terrible about killing while never once feeling bad about that one time he owned all those slaves. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, mine is a vampire movie that makes you feel like a vampire because it's so fucking slow it lasts forever. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so so a little bit about Interview. I'm sure a lot of people know this stuff, but I thought I'd give the what I'd call <laughs> the 1994 panty pudding ingredients, which are Brad Pitt, Did you Tom say Cruise, panty pudding, <laughs> yes, and Antonio Banderas. Oh, Michael, you are so fucking disgusting, like <laughs> at you. all times. Panty oh. <laughs> pudding. So, uh, interview was written by Anne Rice, based on her novel, directed by Neil Jordan. Which was his first movie after doing The Crying Game, for which he won the Academy Award for Best Screenplay. It stars the mm, dream team of Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Antonio Banderas, and Christian Slater. Also, and then unknown Kirsten Dunst, as well as Thanny Newton, which I totally forgot about until I watched it recently. Yeah. Uh, makeup effects by Stan Winston. Um, so there's like a really great collection of people there make, that were a part of this film. Um, so, yeah, 1994, Interview with Vampire. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Just get to it. Well, Brad, Brad Pitt. Oh, Born to Darkness. Okay. 1791. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this movie is. I understand. I feel Robert in the sense that I remember 1994 seeing this movie and needing some kind of. I was buying what this movie was selling. Yeah. At the time. <laughs> Which, you know, watching now, like, the scenes between Brad Pitt and Antonio <laughs> Banderas, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching The Hills. <laughs> because they're just sort of sitting by candlelight talking about I don't even know what. And I was just like, what's happening? I just <laughs> – anyway. Um, but they – but here's the thing. It's like there's so many beautiful, beautiful, beautiful elements of this movie. The opening with Elliot Goldenthal's score and that incredible – aerial shot over the Golden Gate Bridge into San Francisco and then into the streets of San Francisco leading all the way up to the apartment where I guess there's a scruff hookup that happened and then he decided to interview each other. Um, Like to me, as soon as I started the movie, I was like, oh God, I love this movie. And then the movie started and I was like, Oh yeah, slavery. <laughs> I remember being like, "Oops." Oh, yeah, for for the record, uh, sorry, I'm not. I'm trying not to interrupt too much, but just for the record, I actually didn't rewatch this for the podcast. I'm so sorry. Leave this room. Um, 
and my memories of liking it a lot do not involve the slave parts. Yeah. Redacting that is mainly, mainly just Antonio Banderas <laughs> talking into Brad Pitt's mouth is what I remember. I, so. There's a lot of, like, we're big Hollywood stars and we're close talking. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, Carry on. Everyone's like Fabio. Yep. Your hair. Oh, my God. <laughs> they never show the vampire's hair care process. True. And I was just like, I guess you literally did wake up like this. Like, it's, right. just, it's just you come out of the coffin, like, oven fresh. Right. Just like, yeah, like, right? just like shake it out. Shake it out. The coffin is, is you know, protect the protective styling. Yeah. Just, it's like sleeping yeah. in a fucking do rag, honestly. Hot oil treatment. Yeah, silk. Yeah. Go for your skin and your hair. Yeah. There's a couple so shots cozy. of Brad Pitt, like, just kind of like oozing, looking with his hair, like, kind of over to one side. And I know I bring this show up a lot, but I was like, he has Kelly Bundy's haircut. Okay, you? <laughs> Like, oh my God. But am I am I wrong? Woo. Like I, uh, and I'm like I love it. Like, and he's like pursing his lips, and I'm just like, girl, mm-hmm. get it. Josh watched it with me, and he was just like, wasn't he dating Angela Jean, Angelina Jolie at this time? And it was I, with Paltrow. I think, no, it was Paltrow, or whatever. And then he was, and I was like, no. And then he was like, he looks exactly like Angelina Jolie <laughs> in this movie. And I was like, and we paused it, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Uh, uh, so his character starts off just kind of his wife died and his kid died and he wants to die. Well, yeah, it's so sad when your family members die, even though you like own people whose right. family members die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like you should kill yourself. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Yeah. I only say that to slave owners. Yeah. Well, the thing and is, that's attack of the queer one. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is with his character, like, his character doesn't change the entire movie. He just mopes the entire movie. Yeah. You know, that. like, I, I never understood, like, what does he want? Um, he, he wanted to die, and then he wanted to be a vampire in the moment he got to choose, right? Ha- having, and then he hated yeah. being a vampire. Having read the book, I, what I remember <laughs> from having read the book when I was in high school. Like no arc. Uh, in, like, science class, like, devouring that shit. Yeah. Um, because I had heard it was gay as fuck. <laughs> and uh, I remember, it, you know, Louis is looking for some kind of release from grief. Um, right. And here's the thing, you know, when when the the, the question of slave ownership uh, comes in and it's treated as kind of – they let him off the hook kind of in the movie. It's like when he comes out of the house and he's like, hear me now. Yeah, you're this all This place free. is cursed. <laughs> <laughs> You're all free men, you know, like, and like I was just forgetting like, to like tell them that I just killed this woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> aside from that part. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so as putting that aside, I don't remember how the book handles it. What I did take into account, what the irony of the movie is that, uh, you know, again, he's ashamed of the act of killing and yet the brutality of, of depriving someone of their freedom. And which probably enough, came with death itself that they no they condemning people about. to like in a sense a living death right right which ironically as a vampire he should suddenly maybe be a tad more empathetic about it's mm-hmm. like I, I was like oh you know there's there's room for something interesting here where the idea would be like huh being becoming a vampire might actually be the best thing that ever happened to you developing a sense of humanity. You know, but, you know, of course, which would have been interesting. And and I was like, like, I was like, did the book touch on any of that? I can't remember. Um, Never read it. But you read it. I don't know. 
<laughs> I wasn't even allowed to watch it when I, you know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the first time I watched it. I think I was in college when I, I watched it. And I don't remember how I felt about it. I, w- I was younger than that because I was really good at sneaking. <clears throat> you watch. were. I was. I, yeah. You were. And I mean, I'll, like single parent home, like mm-hmm. she at work. <laughs> you know what I mean? My aunts live across the street. They don't know what I'm watching on TV. Yeah. What's, what's Dab going to do? <laughs> what, what is Dab going to do? Deidre, De- Deidre and Beaver. What's she going to do? Dab backward is bad. Um, <laughs> but I also, vampires, everything just made me so fucking horny as a kid and I would like die to see any, like see anything that I could of any vampire That's, movie ever were you, so I just did a mini I had a mini in my seat here can that be the show title just, uh, vampires made me so, so horny, horny as, as a kid, kid. <laughs> but uh, was it just me or like was that smoldering horniness gone from this story yeah. I didn't. I didn't feel it this time at all. Watching it through, um, I just kept thinking like they just seemed like goth kids in a cafeteria. Showing Tom, like I just kept being like watching it this time. Like, is Tom Cruise seeing dailies? Like, does he know <laughs> what he's doing? Here? Does he know like, that he is a vamp? Does he he's know, not a vampire? He's a vampin'. Does like, he know that he's Glenn Close in Dangerous Liaisons? <laughs> In Interview with a Vampire? That's not a complaint, by the way. No, I it's mean... It's one of my favorite just, things about the movie. Like, there's just so many things to say. I will say there... Will say there is some, like, oozing sexuality, though, with, like, the the first bite. And they essentially both have an orgasm in that moment. Um, You know, and there is... And then he drops the him clip in the ocean. Is, like, He's literally, like, he asks him, will you come or no? Yeah. Which it's we have a clip of, so let's play that. Okay. I've trained you to the point of death. Every scruff I've had. If I yeah. leave you here, you die. Scruff can. <laughs> you can be young always, my friend. Adam, Adam. As we are now. But you must tell me. Will you come or no? <laughs> Twice. <sighs> <laughs> Um, so what do you think? I mean, I think the movie gets pretty gay right, right away. Yeah. This movie got gayer with age. Mm. It's like gay wine. Do you it think it's, just, uh, <laughs> it is your, do you think it has to do, and this is just a random question I just thought of off the top of my head when mm-hmm. you said that, do you think it has something to do with the awareness of yourself as you aged? Um, no, not for me. Anyway. Okay. I mean, I'd certainly, you know, someone else could absolutely. I don't remember it being time. this gay when I was in my 20s. Uh, the, well, the thing is for me, the, the, the sheer amount of like the close talking and talking into each other's mouths and sort of longing glances and. Very and, lifetime movie. And like. full, full <laughs> flowy hair. And the style apparently. Yeah. Seventeen. I, I mean, I don't know. There's, there's something just so unrelentingly kind of. Okay. Um, <laughs> but in a but in a in a way that's I mean I I it was it's funny because when I was a kid I found this movie I was like this is so sexy. And mm-hmm. and watching it now I was like this movie is that's, so campy. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so campy. Um especially oh my god when Antonio Banderas arrives I was like I was like this <laughs> is like when Cher finally shows up in Mamma Mia too. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
like because he shows uh, up with the hair and he's like, I am Armand. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> the, the and I was like, what, like, is that a French accent? The I don't know. Doing like, like, I don't fucking understand. Mary Poppins under that bridge. I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? Okay, see, but see, but one of that sequence that I love that sequence. I mean, I love it too. I but it's love just like that moment. It's like it's. I don't remember. It felt really hokey to me this time. I don't really? remember it yeah. being feeling hokey when I saw it 15 years ago. Um, yeah. Nay, what do you think? Yes. <laughs> I can remember it being sexy when I was young. Yeah. And then absolutely not when I <laughs> watched it. Also, drinking game for y'all Queer Wolf fans that drink. Anytime I say absolutely, take a drink. I know I say it way too often. <laughs> so have fun with that. But absolutely. I say not. the word interesting a lot, I notice. I really hate so, what I notice yeah. when I re-listen. <laughs> I'm like, say absolutely one more time, bitch. Um, <laughs> Brad Pitt's character, though, to me, he starts the movie off so low energy and then mm-hmm. becomes a vampire, so that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, why am I following this whiny so boring, entitled man. He was a deeply d- – Brad Pitt was deeply unhappy making this movie. Was he? Deeply. Hated, tried to get out of it, even during shooting. Why? Uh, because apparently the makeup was a fucking nightmare. Script. And, um, <laughs> and he – Really? The makeup? Hated, 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 hated everything about making this movie. And you can tell – he's – Turned in good performances. It's not like he's not talented. Yeah, I mean, he's I great in Seven and Fight Club and yeah, so many others. Yeah, terribly, terribly lost in this. Movie. Well, I feel like the movie, besides Kirsten Dunst, is completely miscast. Like I think oh, yeah, Tom Cruise is miscast. I, I think Antonio Banderas is miscast. I love. All I think of Brad them. Pitt is miscast. <laughs> I actually think you could take those three actors and just kind of move them into each other's roles. Probably. Oh, I wish. Oh, you God. know what I mean? Like Brad Pitt in the Tom Cruise role. I think I would have bought more than interesting Tom Cruise in the Tom Cruise. Okay, role. you want you want a little you want a little information about the makeup process? Yeah, all the actors I mean, it playing was Stan Winston. So I'm assuming it. This sounds like a nightmare. All the actors playing vampires were required to hang upside down for up to 30 minutes at a time during the makeup application. Shit. This would force all the blood in their bodies to rush to their heads, causing the blood vessels in their faces to bulge out. The makeup artist would then trace over the swollen veins, creating the eerie translucent skin Mm -hmm. vampire look. Unfortunately for the actors, they would have to repeat this process several times over as the blood would quickly drain from their heads. This, in part, accounts for the lengthy makeup process. And essentially, like, dying. A little bit. In an an EW interview in September 2011, Brad Pitt revealed that he had a miserable experience while making this film. He recalled the discomfort of the makeup, colored contacts, and particularly filming in an enclosed dark indoor area. Well, Uh, (laughs) boo-hoo. He said said at one point he called his friend and producer David Geffen and begged him for a way out, learning that it would cost $40 million. He toughed it out for the remaining months. Holy shit. Hang upside down? I mean, how how much are you getting paid? So much money. I mean, they were getting millions, right? Johnny Depp was offered the role of Lestat. Oh, that could have been interesting. And he could have worn makeup. You know, he loves doing that. (laughs) And then we could have canceled the movie now. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's not fair. Um, that's not fair. You know what? That's not fair. I, because you know, there's one movie that I can't hang on to that I, that I can't bear to let go of because it's so good as Ed Wood. It is a great movie. Did you ever see Ed Wood? Mm -mm. Oh God. It's so beautiful. It's like Tim Burton's best movie. 
Wait, what was it called? Edward. Ed. Mm-mm. Oh, I need to watch it. That we that talk about a movie we need to watch for this. So I love um, the thing I'm noticing. This is our is this our second or third vampire movie? The Lost Boys. Is uh-huh. there another one? Uh, that's it, right? I'm pretty sure that's it. But I, I feel like it. even just in these two movies, I don't know if it's just me being stupid and thinking otherwise, but I feel like. I, I love the thing I love about vampire movies, no matter what kind of vampire movie it is, whether it's a comedy or a drama or horror or whatever. I love finding out the rules the movie has for mm-hmm. vampires. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of love that. Like this kind of like plays with conventions, but also uses conventions too. like, they sleep in coffins, yeah. but garlic is bullshit. Like yeah. that's one of my favorite. Yeah. Crosses are bullshit. Crucifix. Like they have reflections. Mm-hmm. Um, no Dracula. I love that. They actually like, Called out Dracula. Feed by blood, of course. <laughs> call out culture finally. Yeah. Yes. Call out culture finally Get reaches out of here, Dracula. Buy him up, Dracula. Drag her. Drag that bitch. Uh, stake through the heart is nonsense. You yeah. know, like, so I just, I don't know. What do you guys think of movies that play with vampire lore, I guess, in that sense? I mean, who, for me, I've always thought of stake through the heart is, oh, um, didn't we? The David Bowie movie is a vampire movie. Oh, yeah. yeah we did The, the Hunger. Hunger. Yeah. Um, Lest we forget. So I've always gone with the garlic, steak through the heart, sunlight, you those like kind meat, of You things. like meat and potatoes vampires. But that's what I'm used to. <laughs> and is it maybe I just never noticed that? Like, but where did – do, does anyone know where, like, the hard, hardened vampire rules started? Uh, Was it vampires. That's where those were their needs. I just wanted to talk about the rules. Like, were they, uh, are, do you, like, sometimes I think movies do them so they can cheat. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, is it, it, did it play into the uniqueness of the film? Because it is, Robert is right. There is a uniqueness to it. There's a quality to it that no other vampire movie has. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, because it leans into the melancholy to the point that can, it can be oppressive to viewers. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, but Anne Rice really did set out to write an existentialist vampire epic, and you know, the, the, unfortunately, I think the movie sort of is most successful when it's having fun. Yep. And when it's you know I sort agree. of you know there's there's fun moments of conflict, but there's also like a lot of scenes of like vampires yelling, right? <laughs> like we're bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like I'm, I was like thrown this time watching it too, and how many times they refer to themselves as vampires? Like the word vampires used so much in the movie, mm-hmm. and that actually <laughs> threw me too because I feel like they don't actually like acknowledge ever. Like Lost Boys, I don't think they ever utter the vampires themselves ever utter that they're vampires. Um, mm-hmm. but like I felt like it's like freaking Grey's Anatomy where like every single second on that show, one of them makes the point of saying, well, I'm a surgeon. So I get the last donut. And I felt like Tom Cruise every three seconds was like, as a vampire. And I'm like, you Meredith gray. Like that's, that's my favorite thing about TV shows with psychic characters. It's like, I don't need to be psychic to know that you're hurting right now. (laughs) So great. (laughs) Um, so Yeah. I don't know. Vampire roles. Are there any? Is it just whatever? You didn't think about it? I just kept thinking about it the whole movie. I, I do like when it there's just a lot of consistency. Like, I don't really yeah. care what they particular are. rule sticks as long as it's super consistent throughout the film. Yeah. Because that makes it feel like science. Otherwise, I just can't really – I just can't get down unless yeah. it's like, <laughs> you know, really consistent. But 
I liked that other than the coffin that everything else, they were like, no, that's bullshit because. And sunlight. It, and, and the sunlight, the right? Because it sure did burn their asses up. Yeah. <laughs> Stoned them. Yeah. I, I appreciated that because something about that makes it feel more legit or more honest. Because and it's like and, and threatening. Yeah. Yeah. Like totally. there's almost like a, there is essentially a ticking clock every day. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Um, Mark, anything? No? Uh, I mean. <laughs> Do you want to get to like. I, I Tommy was, girl fighting Bradley. Well, a little bit because <laughs> I was thinking about it when I was watching the movie and I was like, uh, so Lewis is, or, or as Claudia says, Louis, Louis, um, he's like, you know, he's the guy that, uh, sucks a dick <laughs> Sorry. and then spends the rest of sophomore year going like, I'm not. I don't want to, I don't want the dick, but yeah. I keep getting close to the dick. <laughs> and, but I, I can't, I, I told myself no more dicks. And you're not gay. Like, you're not gay. And whereas, whereas Tom Cruise, whereas Lestat is like, hey, I have some dicks. Do you want some? Okay, have that, a dick. That noise is Michael pretending like the mic is a dick. That he's just <laughs> bumping into Fapping oh, the dick oh, in, in his face. Oh um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so Louis is, you know, mask gay closet culture, kind oh, of. Oh, okay. And okay, okay. Lestat is like chaotic Lestat. femme energy. Okay. <laughs> 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 and Claudia's like, the angry millennial who's been like left with nothing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I got nothing guys. <laughs> I don't know. Um, there is an interesting, uh, to kind of go back to, um, Brad Pitt's character, um, how, um, I'm like, Lestat yeah. is kind of like, I only go after evil people. And there's actually a really, I actually really like this scene where, um, they discuss um, the older woman with the yes. young lover, mm-hmm. um, and we actually I'm have old a, enough to yeah. be your grand. Yeah, we actually have a clip here <laughs> that I, I wanted her. to play. Um, can you go ahead and play it? I can. Thank you. So many people that play music in the 1790s, according to this movie. (laughs) Our gift is different for each of us. But one thing is true of everyone. Grow stronger as we go along. Just take my word for it. She blamed a slave for his murder. Imagine what they did to him. Yay! Yeah. So, So I guess Lestat's woke for... Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> for, for, for that time, I that's don't what know. It, I mean, that's kind of my takeaway from that scene, too. And, oh, okay. Um, a little bit, <laughs> oh, I guess, right? I, mean, I don't know. We don't really know, you know, much outside of what he presents. Um, the sequel, I remember the, the Vampire Lestat, the book, I remember um, it touching on the idea that Lestat's entire ethos was like, uh, villains taste better. Right. Um, and he, he essentially says that, you know, like... Um, there's an actually an, an instance later in the movie where he 
is craving the taste of a Creole. Yep. And Brad Pitt's character is like, Yankees are not your taste. And he goes, their democratic flavor doesn't suit my palate, Louie. Right. And like, there's two ways to look at that. Is he like, ew, Yankees, I don't even want to taste them. Or is he like, I listen, only want to take out. Listen, I would love a sequel <laughs> where Lestat is chomping, chomping on uh, the Confederate, <laughs> the Confederate army. Goes into the yeah. Federalist building. <laughs> um. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nay, your thoughts? It's, it's kind of a rough movie to watch. <laughs> yeah, my thoughts. It reminds me of. Uh, I think I've talked before about doing microaggressions and privilege mm-hmm. privilege trainings, and sometimes uh, a question that gets asked is, "Folks are like, what's wrong with mentioning my like dating preferences? Like, I'm on Grinder, and I'm like." No, you know, no Asians, no, like, whatever. Or people bring up, I only date black guys or whatever the case may be. And people not understanding why that's problematic or, like, why that's just gross or why they could just, like, not say that out loud. Right. Um, But that's – This is one of those instances, isn't it? (laughs) It's like, I really have a taste for a Creole. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Like, you're like, I you're like, <laughs> I was Woo! thinking pizza. Yeah. Um. Uh, like, what does one say in response <laughs> to that? Like, I didn't look at it that way. You know, because you're like, um, why is that? Like, you don't even actually want the answer. Like, right. there aren't even follow, like cringing, there's nothing like, following to say. He, what's he going to say? I don't next? even, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Okay, nailed, well then you know what it. I can I can I can take the wheel for a minute. Uh, so Please I think do. my favorite segment in the movie is because the movie has these stretches of like oh oh god oh wow oh no and then these other stretches of gorgeousness and when they finally get to the uh, Théâtre des Vampires. It's so beautiful. I love that it's like a Grand Guignol kind of mm. – I mean, it predates Grand Guignol theater. But at the same time, right. it's clearly an homage to it or at least right. a lead up to it. <clears throat> and I love those sequences. I think they're so – I think the the sequence of the maiden being sort of like mm. murdered, murdered <laughs> in front <laughs> of the audience is still chilling. It's still that really works. directed. Yeah. And that my really works. favorite part of that sequence is when Armand appears – and he has that long black hair and he's in that like sort of quasi red kimono kind of situation. And I mm-hmm. swear to God, I was like, oh, my God, is he going to sing Nothing Really Matters? <laughs> I was like, it's amazing. Amazing. And Antonio Banderas is clearly having such a good time. He's like, I have these nails. Okay, living. Nails living for days <laughs> in this movie. Oh, my yes. God. Because you act different when you got nails like that. I bet. You oh, know? Yeah. You're like. <laughs> yeah. Your mannerisms are different. You, um, yeah, I, you got an attitude. Uh-huh. Like, Let me get my nails done and see my attitude. Please <laughs> <Okay. do. laughs> Makes me want to get mine done. I know, yeah. right? Like oh. little mama in um, Nightmare out. on Elm Street 2 when she put the nails on uh, the cereal box. I see you, queen. Yes. <laughs> Mark, when you said that, I was done. Um, I do oh, love. Look, it's my gay brother. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I do – I don't know. I just found it very, like, kind of cute because I, I bet they didn't know they were doing this back then. But, like, the way Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt, they totally argue, like, an old yeah. married couple. Mm-hmm. And it's just – Oh, totally. You know, like, it, it reminds me of, like, 
what show is it? I can't remember what show it is, but like Brad Pitt totally is just like, whatever. Like, I'm not listening to you. And Tom Cruise is just insisting that Brad Pitt's character is going to listen to him and yeah. just like, it's just, I don't know. I was just like, this yeah. is cute. And that's you're totally going to eat not, these sex yeah, workers. Like it, this is not the movie's intention for me to be like, what a cute, what a cute couple. couple. Oh, no. <laughs> Look, they had a yeah. baby. <laughs> well, speaking of a baby, that to me is like, that, that should have happened about 45 minutes earlier because that was when the movie finally had energy to me. Kristen Dunst is amazing. Shows up. And by yeah. the way, that that family, I mean, I've seen families like that in West Hollywood where it's oh, just like you're just absolutely. like, oh, yeah. like whatever. Like, nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but there's an interesting thing there too with Brad Pitt's character, which I think is like another like, God, you're just a dick. Is like <laughs> – he doesn't want to feed on people in the entire movie. And then the first one he goes after is like a nine-year-old girl. Yeah. Like. How can, how can suddenly you drain a poodle? What the fuck? Right. Like suddenly you're like, ha- you're going to go through with it. And it's going to be a child is going to be your first kill. Like, dude. I will say, I will say <laughs> like these the, the particular moments like that. Like I remember not being tripped up on them in the book. Because there's really good, you know, there's a lot more foundation. There's a reason why the book was a phenomenon, you know, Mm -hmm. and I sort of gave up around Queen of the Damned. Like I just could not, her, her writing gets extremely, for me, ponderous and, you know, like, but God knows she has her legion of fans, but you know, and that's the thing is that the movie is great in sort of sweeping moments. And yet I don't think that the script ever quite figures out ways to um, really make you understand the, because the scenes of dialogue about the meaning of what are we, what are we, and what are we doing here? They're just they come off as really ponderous and very like. Well, and they don't move the story story forward no. at all. Like Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt are having the same conversation fifteen minutes into the movie that they're having fifty five minutes. Into just the like movie. the old ass couple that they are. <laughs> y- y'all still bickering about that shit, aren't nope. you? Yeah, that makes complete sense. It, I mean, it does, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm still in the same exact space story wise that we were forty minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Like nothing's changed. No. Nothing's changed until Kirsten Dunst comes in and steals the movie. Yeah. I mean, she, she really does steal the movie. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And the, and, and, <laughs> and I, I may need to bring up the Kristen Wiig vampire, the redhead <laughs> in, in the catacombs. Who's just like <laughs> every time she's in a shot, she literally just is sort of seems to be leading. She never has a line practically. Or no, she, when she goes and kidnaps Kirsten Dunn, she's like, time to die, little one. <laughs> but like, 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 yeah, where's her mustache? But in girl? every other scene, she's silent. And if they cut to her, she sort of gives a look like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she just, she's like, y'all been bad vampires. <laughs> like, she's just, I don't know who she is, but she knew that she was like, I am going to milk the living shit out of these moments. Okay. And I appreciated her. I mean, it's whoever great. you are. I actually was just laughing at my note going back to Kirsten Dunst. It just says, a child to save a marriage with five exclamation points. Yes. This movie's so fucking gay. Yeah. And like, yes. there is something really interesting through the context of two vampires literally getting a child to try to save their relationship. Little anchor baby. Yeah. Like playing dress up with her, you know, getting her fitted for clothes. It's just like, she's the, per- she's the doll. Both these little boys wanted. And the moments where, where they show her growing up where it's like, Claudia, I told you never in the house. And mm. you know, like all this stuff, these moments are great. That's where the movie comes to life. It, it is. It really has such yeah. a, there's a verve to it. There's a sense. And again, 
And and Brad the, Pitt's making Tom Cruise be the bad guy with the kid. Another reason Brad Pitt's dick in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and and look, Anne Rice adapted her own book, and I think she was a little too in love with the existentialist sort of aspects of the story. I think that mm. when it got into the character dynamics of like you're talking about, like a baby to save a marriage. Had the story stuck a little bit more to reasons why the marriage wasn't working and not just about Brad Pitt sort of moping in a corner about, I don't know. It, 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 Hiding behind a candle. Yeah, there was a lot. And I know that is the story. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I, I, I think there was just like the maybe, domestic, a, maybe an endemic problem with the adaptation. It's just the like domestic it, aspect that. of the movie is when it's at its strongest. Yes. When it's exploring a family, um, whether it's you know traditional or non-traditional. But the moments that it starts getting like a, its heart starts beating a little faster and starts going somewhere, it always would stop to me. Mm. Like it would, like it would be infused with energy, and then we'd be watching Kirsten Dunst play the piano for five minutes, or like you know what I mean. And I just <laughs> I like, like those parts. I mean, they're great, but at the same time, I'm just like I feel like I felt like the the entire movie is just filled with stall after stall. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. that's building to the climax, and that's another thing that watching it. This week leading up to this is I, I think you might have given me this note once on a script I gave you to read for me. Thank you, by the way. And um, it's stuck with me ever since. And I was like, I, you can't let the audience be ahead of the characters in the movie. And I felt like I was ahead of the characters in the movie. And granted, I have seen it before. But looking at it in that context, I was like, this movie is so clearly, you know where it's going at every turn. Hmm. And like, it's just so like, why do you care? You know what I mean? That's what I kind of felt myself while watching the movie is like, why do I care about any of these people? I Except mean, person mm-hmm. does. Sometimes you want the audience to know for suspense reasons, but True. not in this case. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And maybe I like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like it's a beautiful film and I think it's, there's some coolness to it, but it, maybe it sounds like I'm really shitting on it. But yeah, I mean, my thing, my, my favorite part was uh, sort of at the end in the gallery when um, it's basically the end of Devil Wears Prada, where like, <laughs> I mean, basically Brad Pitt throws his phone in a fountain because like Armand is like, Armand is like, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go there, and Brad Pitt's like, you know what? I don't want this life. <laughs> and Armand is like, what? <laughs> and yeah, and then and that's so true. He just walks away, and they're in Paris. And um, yeah, it's the end is is just Andy and Miranda Priestly. <laughs> um, Where's Stanley Tucci in all calling this? Calling it quits. Who is Stanley Tucci in this? Yeah. Who is her? Is he Armand? No. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway's uh, Kirsten Dunst, right? Or I guess Kirsten Stanley Dunst is Emily is Stanley Tucci. <laughs> oh my god, it's totally true. <laughs> it's true. And who's Adrian Grenier? I don't know. <laughs> One of the rats. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's mean. I was his stunt double in a movie once. Were you really? What? Yeah. What movie? On a James Toback movie. What movie? Yeah, James Toback. Yeah. Yeah, gross. Yeah. It was what called movie? Harvard Man with Sarah Michelle oh, yeah. Gellar. And wasn't Megan Mullally in that as well? And I, I have no idea. I never actually that was supposed watched to be like, it. Oh, that's funny. Oof, you did boy. stunts? Did you have to do anything cool? You, you fell off tumbled a over a bike rack. <laughs> It's a living. <laughs> um, That's really interesting, Mark. I, I yeah, did not expect to talk about that tonight. Um, <laughs> Do you know something I didn't think about as a kid watching vampire movies, and that I've thought about when we talked about The Hunger, and then when we watched Interview with Vampire, 
is that I didn't consider people being kind of stuck emotionally where they were mm. when they mm-hmm. when they turned. Mm. And that's like the true horror of it to me. Yeah. Like with the hunger, I was thinking we were th- talking about like people being the discarded lover and then like having to live in the oh attic for eternity with mm. the rest of them. And, and for Brad Pitt, like, obviously I want him to be in misery forever as a slave owner, but right. the, 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 the unrest when, that comes when I think about being trapped in a loop of mm. your pity. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, I'm not hating on pity. I love a pity party. It's my favorite party. <laughs> <laughs> But God, I also RSVP, bitch. (laughs) But also the like relief that comes when when you're able to work through something, and all of a sudden you wake up and it like stings less, or like it's just like softened in some way. Well, and that's the thing. His his that what you're describing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and describing that beautifully is not. It's not apparent, and it, the movie could have used that sense of, as opposed to just this sort of him hiding behind a candle, vague, <laughs> kind, yeah, this kind of vague, like you can't see me. I'm behind this candle. You know, he. I don't know. It's yeah. like he was like, I tried a new meal delivery service, and I don't like it. <laughs> and I thought it, things would change when I did this, and they didn't. And it's like it's sort of like HelloFresh sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try Blue What's Apron. The, oh my god, uh-huh. have you ever done Blue Apron? Yes. What did you think of it? Uh, so I like to order those meal kits when the, you get like the first time off coupon because right. then it's actually <laughs> cheaper than groceries. Right. Um, I have a hard time sticking to a recipe. Okay. I thought I, I was so anxious about it. I made Jesse do it. Okay. I was like, you have to follow the recipe. Yeah, so I, like I love to cook and mm-hmm. I cook a lot of stuff that I just kind of do off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I have never had more dishes in my kitchen okay. than the time I followed a blue apron Honestly. recipe. It was like, grab 400 of your best bowls. And I'm like, <laughs> it was literally like bowl after bowl, after bowl, after bowl, after bowl. Like it, there was, my kitchen looked like a bomb went off <laughs> after yeah. doing a blue apron once. So you blue can apron. Now available. Um, <laughs> now not sponsoring clear <laughs> The yeah. food was delicious. That was the one thing I will give it. The food was fresh and delicious, but yeah. it was like not worth the effort. Like, yeah. Anyway, hearing you talk about <laughs> the, I know I'm just gonna like rest this I'm back like, into the. Uh, I really want to yeah. keep talking about blue apron <laughs> about, about meal kits. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, there's a movie called Ganja and Hess. Have you ever Ganja s- and Hess? Yes, a oh, Bill Gunn movie from '73, starring Dwayne Jones, uh, who you might remember as um, the. Uh, the handsome leading man of uh, Night of the Living Dead. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. And it is a, a black vampire movie, and it is so good, and we need oh, to it so watch good. it. Yeah. And Let's do it. We definitely need to watch it just to wash away the sins of Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. I well, think. there's there, the thing that stinks about Interview with the Vampire, oh, too, is so that good. the best character in the movie is a woman or a little girl. And. That's the the whole time I'm watching the movie. As soon as her character is introduced, I kept telling myself, "This is the movie I want to see. Mm. I want to follow this character because she's so with playful." Madeline and or her and Madeline. Yeah, well, and just like the, they do cool things with her that they just they kind of touch upon and then it goes away, like using her as bait to get people. Yeah. That's really great, but they only show it once. You know what I mean? Like, there's some really cool things teaching her to play the piano over years. 
so they could go into families, play for family, and take out a family. I'm like, I want to see you take this family out. The Groundhog Day turn. Yeah, like <laughs> those are the kind of things that I'm like, this is this is the movie I want to see. Yeah, you know, maybe younger me appreciated the movie for what it was and that it was like gothic horror and it was like kind of eroticism and those kind of things. But as an, an older and I hope a more mature person, I was identifying with the nine-year-old more than (laughs) anything. You know what I mean? And I was identifying with her purity and I was also identifying with like, nay, that was a thought I had the entire time for her was like, is her brain stuck at nine? Yeah. Can she develop a brain as a human and learn things as a, a human, as an adult? <laughs> as a human. <laughs> or is she stuck at the mental capacity of a nine-year-old? But, like, then there's, like, cool things with her where she's, like, learning the history of places they're going to. Yeah. So she can, like, take advantage of that while she's there yeah. to feed and stuff. And I'm just like, this is the movie I want. I never yeah. got the sense that, that Claudia was stuck at nine. I, I, I mean, like, she me- seems, mentally. And, I yeah. mean, I think the power of Kristen Dunst's performance is that she she's actually so seems to convey – a forty something, fifty something. Yeah, I, I like lost she count. ages essentially, As, and, and, and her frustration. She, she acts her little heart out. I she's mean, so great. Bless when she cuts her hair. She's mm. great. That scene's amazing. I'm just like, I don't know. I just felt like I'm like this. These are the things I want, and then we're going back to man behind the candle. But you know, I feel like if Jeff, <laughs> if Jeff Nelson, friend of the pod, Jeff Nelson was here, you know, he would be like, yes. Absolutely agree 100%, but remember in 1994. Yeah, I mean, that's what it we is. We had this. And that's and what we do at this the show, was right? And so like, it's like, you know, we have to sort of, uh, what's the expression? Take what you like, well, you but got leave the rest. Three A list <laughs> stars gaying it up yeah. in a mainstream Hollywood film. And it's just like, do you laud it for that? Or do you, you know, like, nay, I, I will never forget what you said early in this show like one of our first episodes about like looking at the Bible. Like, so you don't look at the Bible in today's lens. I forget what you said. It was like perfect. How you're like, let, you know, like we, we adapt. And just because it said that in the time, doesn't mean it's not wrong now, yeah. you know? So, and, and that's what I think the beauty of this show can be is that, you know, we kind of do tend to hold films to task because we change things. Well, change, sure. You know? But you know, so, we get to, but we get the, the platform to say, point at different things in yeah. movies and say more of this, please. And yeah. a lot less That's of the this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And it's been very nice, like doing the show too, in that sense too. Cause I get a lot of feedback from people who say, I've never once thought of the movie that way. I'm going to go and watch it again, mm-hmm. which is yeah. super cool. Yeah, you know, especially like straight allies who will say that and be like, mm-hmm. I've never once thought to look at that movie from that point of view. You know, and I think a lot of it is it's great that people are actually reacting that way. So um, toot toot, dear wolf. Do you think, do you guys think that a lot of people even remotely think about the slave ownership aspect of this movie when they remember this movie? I had forgotten. Same. Yeah, me too. Same. I had forgotten. 100% forgot. When I was young, I know that there's like impact when those things happen. Cause I would often argue with people around me like, no, actually that's not just like a casual reference for talking about slavery. Like it's okay for that to impact, like for me to have feelings about that, even if it's just a movie, even if whatever the case may be, like we're building a story from it. Mm-hmm. But as an, as a grown up, I like have so little space for, well, yeah. Yeah. I just, and there's a way that there, <laughs> there you're is like, you're not even like, I don't even have the words right now. Well, and there's a way to tell the story without it. 
Yeah. It's not really integral to the plot whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like People just love it gives them like feeling I mean, and not the not the feelings that I have. It just makes people feel so nostalgic about like Southern culture and plantations and the fucking moss hanging from the trees and Well just think this movie was like, only made twenty four years ago and no one said boo about mm-hmm. that aspect of the film. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and like, because, because slavery was bad in 1994 to people. Like, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but, but the idea that a, that a lead character who was a the, slave owner, the protagonist, we, that we would yeah the protagonist of a film that we would, that, that, I mean, it was literally taken for granted as just like, Oh yeah. And he's real sad. And he's so bit only yeah, people hot. like empathizing yeah. with, and I like, yeah, I don't have any room for that. Sure. But obviously I, as a young person watching it, I was just like, Sexy vampires. Yeah. 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 When are they turning this into a series? Am I correct? Or like her chronicles into a series? I she feel like her and her son have tried getting it off the ground many times. Yeah, I I feel like it's been long gestating. I have zero idea what stage, if any, it's I at. Feel um, like something was announced a little fairly recently. Um, I'll be very curious to see what they do. If uh if they you know, decide that this particular aspect of the story is, is that in the book. Oh yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that much. I mean, look, she adapted her own book, so, you know, she presumably she didn't add anything, you know, or take a, yeah. I mean, her whole thing was like, I, I, she was, she was, you know, being very obsessive about, I mean, she was famously infuriated when they cast Tom Cruise. Oh, really? Infuriated. What did she see? She said... Uh, who did she say, I should say? Originally, when she wrote the book and she originally optioned it back when it was published in like 76 or something, she saw uh, Ruger Hauer. Oh. She wanted oh. him as Lestat. From the Hitcher fam. Yeah. And uh, Rutger? Ruger? I don't know. And um, Both are cool. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Did uh, she have a casting choice... Then in the nineties when they actually were going, I don't remember. I don't remember, but she, she, she was, she was not classy about it either. She went to the press saying with the Anne. Yeah, no, she went to the <laughs> press saying like, I hate this. It's a terrible idea. And then Tom Cruise was just like, okay, let's meet and hang out and whatever. And then she sort of got on board. And once the movie was done, she was in love with him. Oh, okay. The role. So, Hey, right. you know, um, <laughs> this is like, I feel like this episode in certain ways is like a big old pile of like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a, it's a hard movie to discuss. I mean, there's like the nostalgia factor where you're like, Oh, I liked it when I was younger. And so like, there's part of you that still does. But then for me watching it now, I'm just like, this movie's boring. Like there's just like the quickest way for me to put it is just like, besides all the problematic stuff, it's just, it just kind of is, it's a meandering mess to me. Yeah. And you I know? think it has, I think it has certain technical aspects that are, uh, that I think are still kind of stunning. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the effects but, like the, um, uh, what was the one I noticed? Um, shit. I thought I wrote it down. Um, there are some really cool effects work obviously with Stan Winston, but I can't think of the specifics so. off the top of my head. I thought that kind of stuff was great. Yep. I thought, I mean, the set design was gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. You know, the costume That's design really cool. was gorgeous. Like it's a beautiful film. And there's part of me that probably thinks, you know, if you sat me in a room with nine other gay guys and this movie came on, it would probably be a riot to watch. Yeah. Okay. You I going to say circle jerk. <laughs> That was implied. <laughs> so does this movie get a pride float? 
No. No? No. I don't think so. The end. <laughs> Have we not given a pride club before? I don't yeah. Uh, there yeah. was something we didn't give it to. We made, well, we made Sleepaway Camp do, like, <laughs> community service. Okay. <laughs> That's true. We totally were like, you don't get to go to Pride. No. <laughs> you have to stay home. You have to home. work it. Yeah. You have to donate money. <laughs> you have to donate money. <laughs> you have to, yeah. Is you there have to a- pick up, Sleepaway Camp has to pick up trash on the side of the freeway <laughs> forever. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is I think the movie, like, had it just gone there with the gay, it might have been a completely prideful film. Well, I didn't understand what they were after. Right. right. Like, like, what were they doing? Like, Armand is like, I need you, I need you, I need you. And for I was what? like, for what? What are y'all so going to fucking do? So you're, you're just, not all you're bored? doing is moping uh, in this fucking you know old what? spaghetti factory. Lestat. <laughs> like, Lestat should have fucking answered Allie's fucking ad for a roommate and the two of them could have lived happily ever after. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my God. Oh. But yeah, that's Crossover. a really good point. What did he <laughs> want? Just companionship? Well, clearly, yes, companionship. But that's the thing is that Anne Rice in the book, too, like very much dances around all this stuff. Like, you know, this kind of like, you know, they're all they're all wanting an LTR, you know, (laughs) but no bone down in. No, but but that's the thing. All the, like I, I forget. But yes, the, the, the as a vampire, your interest in sex is you um, are supposed to ooze it, right? Like you ooze sexuality. Yes, but like. I don't remember any kind of literal release, as it were. It's too bad. In the book. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any. Don't quote me. Okay. Because it was – it's been a whole three years since I read it in high school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, freshman year. You guys, I can't believe you're you guys, going to prom soon. I know. And you guys, we have to end this podcast because my mom's going to start worrying where I am. <laughs> so, she made stovetop. She made so. stovetop. <laughs> So no pride float? Are we saying no pride float? Not not ninety not ninety four not in twenty eighteen. Nothing, Brennan. I think you'd give it one. Uh, I uh, I just want Antonio Banderas to stare at me. That's all I need. Well, you don't need a pride just float. Just bring for him. That. Yeah, I, I, I feel like in nineteen ninety four, Antonio Banderas singing "Nothing Really Matters" in that kimono okay, with the dancing that. vampires yeah. in ninety four. Today, yeah. no, no, not today. No, and that's fine. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's good to recognize that we do have a certain amount of, like, a weird amount of privilege in that we ex- have a lot more LGBT-oriented culture now. Yep. <laughs> and, like, the reason that we like this is because there wasn't anything. Like, like what uh, I mean, visi- like, was here. Visibility, like uh, Sam Weinman said, you know, visibility is important. Yep. And that's why we are drawn to these things that are negative stereotypes or caricatures or i mean this isn't necessarily that it's negative in other ways right yeah but we're still drawn to negative things because it's the only scraps of candy that we have for us right well you know what's interesting i i looked well go ahead no i was gonna say like interview with a vampire's idea of visibility is like it brings in visibility it's like the someone coming to your house to give you a big present it's and like while they're there, they like shit all over the rug. <laughs> <laughs> and they gave you a beautiful present, but you're like, oh my God, you got slavery all over my rug. Thank you for the beautiful present. Please. You got slavery all over my rug. Uh, interview with a vampire. We I know really you love, well on some level. We but, really uh, love the wine glasses. Yeah. I don't know. Does that make uh, sense? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, I looked back. I was doing a lot of research on reviews. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I always just assume the movie was like critically beloved. It wasn't. No. 
Not at all. No, it's like I, half and Rice not even like it. And then oh really? Oh no, she was down. Then, I remember her. She was DTF on her own film. She she was panting with excitement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like no, a, she was excited. Someone told me that she didn't like it, and she like publicly said. That. I know she and hated Queen of the Damned. Someone. Hated got, oh, that. you know what? Maybe they were thinking that because then yeah. like she someone got up Queen. her ass, and like all of a sudden everything changed. Oh really? Yeah. But aside Maybe from Aaliyah, Queen, Queen of the Damned is truly one of the most god awful. I hear that. I will never say anything about Aaliyah, R.I.P., but uh, the rest well, of that. No, yeah. again, I I made a huge asterisk. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I agree with it. But yeah. holy shit. Yeah, Stuart Townsend in that too. But that's, I mean, there's no way to win that role. Like, no. I'm a vampire rock star. Like, the second you're playing <laughs> a vampire rock star in a movie, it's already, you're already going to come across as Chris Angel mind freak. <laughs> like, just, oi. I don't know. That was funny because that came around right around the time like that movie Rockstar came out too, where Mark uh, Wahlberg was a rock star. And I, I did was just not like, watch that. Oh, never. I, I remember seeing the preview I, and being like, can't. this is a movie I can never <clears throat> can't wait to never watch. I Boogie Nights <laughs> is the only movie with him that I watch and I just Yeah. Because that movie's amazing. The movie's yeah. great. Um instead of a Pride Float, how about we just hand out DVDs of Only Lovers Left Alive? Oh. And um if we're looking for some queer Antonio Banderas love desire. Great movie. Okay. Check out both of those. And he's really cute in Philadelphia. That's true. Just whenever he's there in yeah. the city. He's, well, he's just like so, like such a, JK. a wonderful representation of like a loving partner in that movie. Um, yeah. Antonio has been down with the gays for a long sure time. Has. He's, he's just realizing rad. that right now. It's pretty great. And um, if, have you guys seen Skin I Live In, which is a movie we should definitely oh, do? Brian yeah, yeah. loves that movie. Whoa. Tie me up, tie me down. Like, oh man, if we do, if we do the Skin I Live In, we talk there's a about lot of his movies we because, need to do. Oh man. Hot. Uh, so hot. Uh, oh my God. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's a, uh, oh my Carol, God. A real Mark is literally seat. masturbating yeah. right now. Anti pudding. Okay. Okay. So where, where can we find it? Where can, where can we, we find, find you? Can find me under the table now that we're talking about it. Let's get out of You can find him grabbing tissues. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay, I'm Mark. Mark, where are you at? I'm Mark. You can find me on Twitter <laughs> at senior teenager or on Instagram at senior teen. How about you, Nay? Uh on Instagram, black cupcake, B-L-A-K-K-C-U-P-C-A-K-E. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Delicious. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. Brennan, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at it's raining Brens. And where can we find Queer Wolf the <laughs> podcast? <laughs> We do get with our bay logo Instagram comments a lot. What's that? Um, it's like, where do I find the show? It's like you know, you're commenting on it. Yeah, oh. I don't know. Um, anyway, so um, <laughs> you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Queer Wolf Pod. Okay. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks. Bye. 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 Add us. <laughs> <laughs>